RW Estella as we usually do at this time on Monday. Good morning, RW. Hey, good morning, Allison. For much of this last half of November, while Venus and Jupiter have visibly been drawing nearer each other in the evening sky and closing in on the crescent moon, I've been thinking about the second manned mission to the moon and the respective Apollo 12 spacecraft splashing down safely in the Pacific Ocean on a Monday exactly 39 years ago today. I remember that second mission because I was on this side of the Atlantic at the time, whereas I'd been on the other side of the first mission earlier that same year in 1969, during July. In other words, transatlantically back then, like Anglo-Irish novelist Lawrence Stern in his work Sentimental Journey, I had had an affair with the moon in which there was neither sin nor shame. Born 295 years ago today, Stern would of course become most famous for his novel Tristram Shandy, wherein he proclaims that every time a man smiles, but much more when he laughs, that it adds something to this fragment of life. This past Saturday, at least one of those fragments of life came back to me in a big way when I listened to a program commemorating the 40th anniversary of the release of that great 30-track album entitled simply The Beatles, but which would become known as The White Album because of its otherwise unadorned cover jacket. At the time, I was a first-semester senior attending Kaiserslautern American High School in southwestern Germany. I lived up on the hill in Landstuhl, about 10 miles or 16 kilometers away from K-Town, and weekdays rode a school bus back and forth to classes. A military dependent had to be 17 to obtain a driver's license, and I had only recently turned 16. So I was at the mercy of public transportation, of whatever older friends might afford me a ride, or of whenever my parents would fit me into their schedules, which wasn't too often. Besides school and sports, I also had a hand in the local music scene that amounted to occasional weekend gigs in a rock and roll band, and now and again appearances on stage at folk concerts. So a lot of my music mates and I had our ears to the ground insofar as the European and especially the British recording industry scene went. Naturally, when the plain white-sleeved album called The Beatles was released on the fifth anniversary of the Kennedy assassination, many of us were already wired right in as to where to get a copy. In our neck of the woods, that meant going to one of the PXs or BXs, post exchanges or base exchanges, within the KMC and RMC Kaiserslautern Military Community and Ramstein Military Community networks that included numerous posts and bases in the Rhineland Faults region. Through the grapevine of school, I'd learned that either the PX at Pirmasens Army Depot or the BX at Freibrücken Air Base would be the best bet for available copies of the new Beatles album, officially their ninth. Pirmasens and Freibrücken were near each other for good reason. Pirmasens warehoused tactical nuclear weapons for USERA. U.S. Army Europe, and Freiburgen served as a flight station for USAFE, U.S. Air Force Europe, where jet aircraft such as F-4s and RF-4s were maintained to carry those nukes. When I finally decided to make the journey, I'd already ridden the bus back home from school for the day. No one was around to provide further transportation, so I was on my own. Fortunately, it was still light as I started out, walking some, hitchhiking some, making my way out the back gate of Landstuhl and on my way to Pirmasens, about 25 miles or 40-some kilometers away. Within an hour, having caught a couple of rides, I'd made it to the post exchange, where I was told the album had sold out, but the clerk was kind enough to call over to the base exchange at Zweibrücken, where they still had a copy and would hold it for me. Apparently, because Royal Canadian Air Force personnel were also stationed there, 
and because Canadians were especially fond of the Beatles, additional copies of the album had been ordered. So I caught a ride over to the, to the Tweibrook and BX, bought the album, and headed home, receiving a lift from someone who was stationed at Longstool. Once home, I called up Tom, an enlisted man who sometimes sat in for some of our rock and folk sessions and who had become something of an adopted brother. He'd been drafted a few months earlier, had made it all the way to private first class, and felt fortunate indeed that he was on top of a hill in Europe instead of one in Southeast Asia. He was a fairly decent guitar player, and after we listened through the whole album once, it didn't take us long to start figuring out the chord progressions of some of our immediate favorites, such as Dear Prudence, the continuing story of Bungalow Bill, Happiness is a Warm Gun, Rocky Raccoon, Long, 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 and Cry Baby Cry. Now every time I hear anything from what became known as the White Album, I'm immediately rocketed back several decades to that clear, not-too-cold, moonlit evening when I was hitchhiking those hilly roads not far from the French border to buy a record album that much later in Rolling Stone magazine's 2003 estimation would be ranked number 10 of the 500 best albums of all time. For more on Maine, have a great day and a most happy Thanksgiving.